Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Black and white, uh, something like a ref, uh, I swear I love to slept on. You can have my left arm. Your friends was talking mess, but you was never crept on. Your mind was saying that. Your friends were saying this. I ain't never raised my voice. Never once called you a... <clears throat> I know as a woman, a lot is on your mind. You thinking about the future, you questioning the time. Well, baby, I'm your answer. Let me be right by your side. I want to see you shine. Welcome to when Royal Rebounds TV drive. with Calvin and Barry. Just two crazy fans of the Sacramento Kings and they sharing their opinion. So be sure that you subscribe. It's for the fans by the fans. Whether you chilling on the couch or wilding in the stands. For laid back conversations about the Kings, subscribe here. Staying down until we come up thinking this going to be our year. We're here drinking beer, talking about the kings be sure you subscribe so you can hear that bell ring yeah what's up kings fans welcome back to royal rebounds the sacramento kings youtube channel for fans by fans the kings win tonight they beat the new york knicks 122 117 in sacramento calvin it was an exciting exciting game to watch tonight but was. bigger news than that kings are the number two seed in the western conference calvin how are you doing today i'm doing fantastic man yeah fantastic yeah you got the hat right. on you get the hair down the, chain, the chain on, on. I like it, dude. I like it. Well, first like off, now. we got to give a special shout out to Bench Matthew joining in via Twitter Spaces. Uh, he wants to come up on stage, so I'm gonna bring him up here in a second and hear from him. Also, we got to give a shout out to all of our royal family here in the chat. Jose is here. Callum is here. It's good to see you guys uh, and everybody else that's watching. Uh, Fred, uh, what is that? Valdez. Uh, Bench Matthew, Pika House, Mike Monticello is here. Gilbert is here. Uh, wow, we got LeBron James in the house tonight. He's probably got nothing better to do while he's rehabbing. Uh, Marcus is here. Shout out to everybody. Uh, good to see you all. Uh, but Kings win. I think that's the most important thing tonight, Jeff. The lefty is here. Man, it, it's it's been a couple days off, Calvin. I'm feeling a little rusty here. It's Thursday. Our last stream was on what, Monday? Monday. Wow, wow. It's good to have a couple days off. But, hey, I'm excited to talk some Kings basketball. Give me your first thoughts on the game tonight, Cal. Just a lot of fun. Um, a lot of fun to watch this game. I mean, obviously there's parts of it that you make you want to pull your hair out, all the offensive rebounds, the fact that, you you know, you give up the big lead. Every t Good teams make runs in the NBA. That's the way it goes. Um, but I think the way this game started, how into, the, into it the crowd was, nationally televised game, Goes pretty much according to plan if you follow the Kings this year. Yep. I mean, they, they play well on nationally televised games. They play well in big games. They started off strong, built a lead. Knicks make a run, make it a good game, an entertaining game. And then Star Fox in the fourth yeah. quarter takes over. Clutch time, the Kings pull it out again. He definitely, definitely did. Yeah, with, with some very, very good help from a couple of very unfortunate Nick turnovers, yeah. one by Josh Hart and one by Julius Randle 
at the end of the game there. Yeah, shout out to Josh Hart. Career high in offensive rebounds tonight. The Knicks were offensive he was tonight. all over it. All and then he the turns place. the ball over there, and then, yeah, Julius Randle with some more boneheaded plays. And Julius uh, Randle had a hand in that Josh Hart turnover as well. Yep. I know everybody is pegging Hart, and, yes, he did ultimately turn the ball over, but Julius Randle ma- fakes like he's going into the backcourt. He's got to make a break for it. That's what happens when your point guard gets hurt and yep. you don't have anybody out there to handle the ball. Yeah, Jalen Brunson does leave the game at halftime, does not return, has a bruised foot, uh, which I've had that injury in the past. It absolutely sucks, and Terrible. it takes a really, really long time to heal. Shout out to Derek. Kristen is here. Skip is here. Uh, who else? Central Valley Kings. Neil. Roger. Brian. Welcome in, everybody. Light the effing beam. Lane is here. Guys, don't want to... Forget to remind you all to smash up that like button, hit that subscribe button. Calvin, how many likes tonight before we light the beam? Um, let's go with 50. 50 likes tonight and we light the beam. But hey, Calvin, we got a, we got a special guest on here via Twitter spaces. I want to hear from Bench Matthew because he's always it's got... It's been a minute. We haven't heard from him. Yeah, and he's always got some wonderful things to say. Absolutely. So, uh, Matthew, are you there? I am here, gentlemen. It's it's so good to hear your voice, and I'm I'm glad to be back. It's better to hear yours, man. How's your heart feeling after this game? <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm looking at my uh, blood pressure monitor here, and uh, I'm still alive. So so praise the Lord, we're we're, we're here. So uh, light the beam. Light the beam is good. Alive is good. Well, hey, no, in all seriousness, we hope everything's going okay with you. Uh, you know, we love you. We appreciate you. Um, and you know, if there's anything that we can do to help you out, please, please let us know. Don't be afraid to reach out. Thank you guys. I, I do appreciate that. And, uh, I, I can definitely say for, uh, Mrs. Bench as well, uh, definitely miss hanging out with you guys more. Um, but we're just celebrating together as a, as a King's nation, as a Royal family tonight, Kings win. And, uh, we're, we're stoked. We're stoked tonight. Yes, yes, we are. Shout out to DFox Collector and Sack Kings 005 for joining in via Twitter Spaces. Bench Matthew, this was the second nationally televised game of the year for the Sacramento Kings. If you do not count NBA TV, they are two and zero in those games. Uh, they're also, I believe, two and zero in overtime games this year as well. Four and zero. Four and zero. Calvin says. Four and zero. So this Kings team has played exceptionally well when it has mattered. Uh, what are your thoughts on the game tonight? Well, and they're also two and zero if I if I'm remembering collect correctly, two and zero at home against New York, and so there's something about that uh, New York matchup at home uh, with the nationally televised uh, cameras. Uh, I, I, listen, I don't know if you guys felt similarly, but I honestly I, I felt a little bit nervous about this game. Felt a little nervous, um, and and it's it's not just because the, the Knicks are hot, but uh, you know we're looking down the barrel of a pretty tough. Uh, way to close out this season with, uh, you know, we've got some big names coming in. You know, we've got two big matchups with, uh, with the Suns. We've got the Bucks coming in. And, uh, you know, I was looking at this game as, is this going to be uh, the entryway to some momentum of proving that we're able to hang with uh, some, some pretty powerful teams, you know, coming down the stretch. And I was really, really proud of the team coming out uh, I was uh, texting with a number of people before the game, and everyone was pretty much uh, under the same consensus that we needed it to hit this team with a punch to the mouth early, and that's exactly what we did. Um, I was 
I was glad to see Fox come in in the fourth quarter uh, and, and, and be that fourth quarter Fox. Um, but that, that third quarter was, was, a, was a little rough. But again, I think the Kings are going to need to experience those kinds of, uh, um, I don't know how, how to describe it, but uh, the deflations of momentum if we're going to make any splash in the postseason. Yeah, I, I agree completely. They're going to have to, f- to figure out a way. Um, they're not going to grab every rebound against a great rebounding team like the New York Knicks, but like you mentioned, being able to somehow turn off the faucet. You, you know, you can't just let the, the water run uh, for an entire quarter like that in the postseason. It's something we talked about last week on the show after the Minnesota loss with the, the defensive effort that was played in that game and it potentially being a really, really big problem in the playoffs. But on the flip side of that, like you mentioned, Matthew, and we were just talking about a second ago, when the, the lights are the brightest for the Kings, they have always played their best this season, which is amazing to say about a team that doesn't have very much playoff experience, doesn't have a ton of experience playing together with the group. I mean, yes, they've played over 60 games now as a team this year, but brought in a lot of new pieces, new coach. The fact that they are able to be so good when it matters most is really, really quite surprising to me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it it is, right? Like, this is a really inexperienced team, an inexperienced fan base, and yet we're the second seed in the Western Conference. Yes, I know we we tied, uh, you know, we have the same record as Memphis. They did win tonight as well, so we're still tied in the standings. But it's just great to see this team compete, uh, a team with a bunch of guys that haven't played a, really a full season together, uh, and, and they're competing. I know a lot of people were very negative after the trade deadline. They wanted the Kings to, you know, to make a big move, bring in a superstar, stuff like that. We'll talk about Durant a little bit later on the podcast tonight, but I'm just so happy to see where the Kings are at. And like you mentioned, Matthew, uh, the Knicks have been extremely hot. As they were saying on the broadcast today, this is a matchup between two teams that are uh, surprisingly good this season. Uh, Matthew, um, I want to know from you, do the New York Knicks have the worst team name in the NBA? <laughs> I love how you guys are on a roll. We had the Pelicans with the worst. Uh, you know, we had the Timberwolves with the worst. Uh, between uh, a Timberwolf being, I mean, a, a wolf, a bird, and a pair of pants. Uh, yeah, we beat the I, pants I got to go with a pair of pants. I got to go with a pair of pants. Absolutely. Oh, man, I love it. Yeah, yeah. The Knicks have the worst team name in NBA history. hundred percent. I mean, the, the, the Seattle Seahawks in football, they're a bird. They seem to be fine. You know, the Atlanta Falcons, they seem to be fine. So I think the Pelicans can, you know, take a backseat to the worst uh, name in the NBA. I, I, I think I think the Knickerbockers can own that one if they want. <laughs> Oh, man, I love that. I love that. Um, Calvin, I mean, we saw in this game, I mean, we saw De'Aaron Fox late in the game playing extremely well. We also saw him limping a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, we know he's been dealing with a hamstring injury. He's missed, what, two out of the last four games to kind of rest that hamstring. I personally am a little concerned because I know that hamstring injuries linger. I mentioned we had a bunch of days off, right? We had Tuesday, Wednesday, today's Thursday. Um, he seemed to be fine for the majority of the game until kind of like that last, like far, that long rebound that everyone was kind of fighting for. I don't know if he stepped yeah. weird or, or whatever going after it, but what are your thoughts on, on the hamstring injury? 
Well, I think that's probably just a culmination of at the end there in the fourth quarter when he is basically trying to do everything himself uh, defensively and offensively, right? He really ratchets it up another level. So it maybe looks like it's on one play, but it's probably just a buildup of the constant uh, pressure that he's putting on it there in the fourth quarter, both on offense and defense. Um, I, I agree with you. It, a hamstring definitely has to make you nervous because it's one of those injuries that you might think you're okay and then all of a sudden you're not okay. Uh, if you roll your ankle, it's pretty – most of the time when you roll an ankle, you know whether or not you're going to be able to keep playing or not. Mm. I thought I, we weren't talking about Kevin Durant until later. We're not talking about Kevin Durant. I'm okay. just saying in general. Okay. Because a rolled ankle is probably the most frequent injury that happens in basketball. Yeah. I'm just trying to compare the injuries here. Okay. So if you roll your ankle, you know, you lace up the shoes a little bit tighter, you walk around on it a little bit, you can gauge pretty easily after maybe a possession or two or, or a couple of minutes of walking and trying to jog on it if it's going to be something that is going to keep you out for the rest of the game. A hamstring might not do that to you. You might feel fine for most of the game, and then like you said, on one move or one play, you stretch it too far and all of a sudden you're out for weeks. Yeah. So it, it's... It is worrisome. He's a young guy. He he probably heals faster than you or I do if we're out there. So I don't have hamstring or ankle injuries, Calvin. You don't play 40 minutes a night either. Not every NBA. night. So Not every night. you might have a few more issues if you did. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, it, you just have to monitor it right now and, and be cautious with it, which, you know, it, the Kings have done a pretty good job of doing that so far already. Yeah, yeah. Matthew, any thoughts on the hamstring injury? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I got a I, first of all shout out to the to the TNT crew. I thought that they did a great job tonight, um, commenting on the game, um, doing play by play and, and color. Um, but one of the things that they mentioned is that the Kings are, um, you know, in the top two of the healthiest teams uh, this far uh, as far as deploring their their starting five. And and you know, credit to the Kings and credit to the. Uh, the, the supporting staff and, 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 and it's just, you know, sometimes it's just how the, the cards are going to, you know, going to show up, but the Kings have remained mostly healthy this season. And, and that is largely pointing to their success in the standings in the West. Um, and, and, and so anytime a, a guy like fourth quarter Fox is, is showing some, um, some, some potential um, issues. Yeah. It, it should make you nervous. Um, but at the same time, we've, we've seen Foxy, um, uh, you know, for a good chunk of the season, it seemed like he's had uh, a, a number of things kind of going on behind the scenes, and he's he's been pretty durable. Um, I thought it was a, a decent decision by my, Mike Brown to effectively load manage him the other night. Um, and we're we're in a position right now in the season where we might need to start looking at that. I know that that's not a popular thing, but um, if you look at some of the teams who have gone all the way, they're load managing guys. And, and a guy like Fox, you got to protect. And so um, I, I'm, I'm hoping that he stays healthy. Um, and and I'm, I'm also equally proud of him sticking it through and, and, and really putting in a quality performance all the way to the end tonight. Yeah, and I think having a guy like Davion Mitchell it makes you feel a little bit better, right, even with games that Fox has missed. Davion's done a pretty good job filling in, especially recently. Uh, so, so I think that definitely helps out. Uh, Matthew, how long do you have to hang tonight? Is it cool if I go over the box score? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for a bit. 
All right, I love it. Okay, let's dive here into the box score tonight. Sacramento Kings win 122-117 over the New York pants uh demontis sabonis 37 minutes of action tonight 9 of 15 from the field 24 points 13 rebounds and 10 assists uh this was his second consecutive triple double calvin is this ninth ninth on this i believe that's nine yeah wow that's absolutely incredible and one incredible chase down block in this game by Domas Sabonis. Three turnovers for him tonight. Harrison Barnes, 38 minutes of action, four of nine from the field. Uh, 10 points, three rebounds, an assist, and a steal tonight. Keegan Murray in 26 minutes of action, four of eight from the field, two of five from three-point range, 11 points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block. Kevin Herter, 32 minutes of action, 6 of 12 from the field, 2 of 7 from three-point range, 14 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. And De'Aaron Fox, the man tonight, 31 minutes of action, 9 of 16 from the field, 1 of 4 from three-point range, but it was a late and very clutch three-pointer for him. 23 points, 3 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals in this game to go along with 3 turnovers. Trey Lyles. 16 points off the bench tonight for him in 25 minutes of action. Six rebounds and a steal to go with it. And uh, Malik Monk, 19 points in 20 minutes, including five rebounds and five assists. And Davion Mitchell, five points in 19 minutes of action. Calvin, what uh, what stands out most to you there? Um, definitely Trey Lyles and Malik Monk stand out. Monk had 17 of his 19 in the first half. I, I think he was six of seven shooting. In the first half, he was absolutely on fire when they put him in there. Um, Trey Lyles, again, with a really, really solid performance. And, and Kevin Herter, two more steals. Um, I thought that the, the Kings' defense coming out to start this game, especially how they were guarding Julius Randle, and this was when Jalen Brunson was still playing also, they did a really good job of corralling him, doubling him, forcing him to get rid of the ball, and not giving him the the possessions and, and uh, plays that he really likes to kind of get his, his offense started with early in the game where they yep. post him up. He tries to take advantage of people inside. He had Harrison Barnes on him. The Knicks made a great adjustment by not posting him up anymore. They put him outside. They got a lot more dribble penetration that way. It led to the scramble plays and the offensive rebounds off the open threes. Mm -hmm. um, but the Kings were really good in the first quarter of just – focusing on Julius Randle, doubling him early, forcing him to give the ball up. And he struggled for most of that, most of the game, really. Yeah, I mean, we thought this was going to be a slugfest, right? When you play the New York Knicks, they like to slow things down. They like to be physical inside. I mean, 122-117 is pretty, pretty high scoring uh, for a game against the New York Knicks. As far as the team stats go, 52% from the field for the Kings as opposed to 41 for the New York Knicks. The Kings shot 31% from three-point range as opposed to 26% for the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks did not shoot well from the free throw line, only 64%. Kings shot 75. Uh, the Knicks did out-rebound the Kings tonight, 58-42. to Kings had 28 assists on the night, 10 steals, 3 blocks, and 12 turnovers, and then points in the paint. Pretty even tonight, but the Kings did win that battle, 62-56. Kings had a 21-point lead in this game in the third quarter. Uh, and they allowed the Knicks to tie the game. However, the Kings played much better in the third, or sorry, in the fourth quarter. And De'Aaron Fox was able to secure the win for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Matthew, give me your thoughts on the team stats tonight. 
Yeah, well, you know, we're talking about rebounds, and, and they did a great job on the broadcast talking about how consistently the Knicks were able to track down uh, the those offensive rebounds. And as I was texting, you know, several people throughout the game, I mean, that was the thing that kept coming up. Just like, man, it seemed like the Knicks just kept tracking down every single offensive rebound. But credit to the Kings' defense that those second chance, sometimes third, fourth, fifth chance points, the Knicks wow. usually weren't converting. And 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 that is is a different story to the Kings' narrative. You know, normally we're 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 giving up on those second chance points. And when whatever Mike Brown and and the staff really grilled into the Kings tonight, I I think really translated, especially in that first half, which is where I I think that the Kings were able to create that separation because as as good as the the offense was was clicking, the Kings weren't really on their typical pace of that high, high end offense. The Kings were really coming off of the help defense um, at a pretty good rate. Uh, also mixing in that zone from time to time to try and throw the Knicks off. And so, you know, when we're talking about the box force, the thing that, that really jumps off the page to me is just how the Knicks uh, really out rebounded them. And obviously with our conversations, we've emphasized how important that is, but the counter to those second chance offensive possessions is can the Kings scramble and get into a scramble position on defense and credit to the Kings first half that did a pretty good job of that second half is a little bit of a different story um, and and maybe those defensive efforts in the first half allowed uh, for the great things of the of the Knicks coming back in the second half definitely I mean Watching that one possession, how was that? Like four minutes left in the game. Yeah, I think where it was, it was just like offensive rebound, offensive rebound, offensive five rebound, five offensive rebounds. That, that was incredible, possession. dude. I, I felt sick to my stomach yeah. watching that, and I'm like, what is going on here? When <laughs> can the Kings get a rebound? And of course, the possession ends with one second left, inbounding the ball to R.J. Barrett hitting a three. Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, were they just gonna score? Or, or, or just keep rebounding the basketball because obviously you can't get an offensive rebound when the ball goes in, right? So it's yep. like yep. a really, really frustrating, frustrating possession. Uh, Calvin, any thoughts on the team stats? And, and then I want to throw some shade at Julius Randle. <laughs> we definitely want to do that. Um, I, I think there's a couple things that, are, that stand out to me besides the rebounds because, you know, everybody is going to obviously talk about that. It was so glaring you don't even have to look at the team stats to see how glaring that was but when you do it's even more astonishing 23 offensive rebounds in a game I mean that's close to how many rebound total rebounds the Kings have had in games this year so it's really really astonishing but you know Matthew was talking about the defensive effort despite all of those offensive rebounds the Kings did continue to battle through every possession. They also got a little bit lucky. I mean, if you look at the Knicks three-point shooting tonight, 13 of 50, that's 26%. Um, Other than Jalen Brunson, who hit a bunch in the first quarter, and Quentin Grimes, who was hitting a bunch of them in the second half, the Knicks were missing a lot of wide-open threes. They came off of a bunch of those those offensive rebounds. So, there's, you know, sometimes you have to get a little lucky in those situations. Tonight, the Kings did with the fact that the Knicks missed a bunch of those shots. However, on the flip side of that, when it mattered most in the clutch, the Kings again came up with some pretty important turnovers, and they converted off of them. They got 14 turnovers, but they scored 21 points 
off of those turnovers. That was a big difference in this game. Yeah, and, and you mentioned offensive rebounds. Eight of those came from a 6'4 guard, Calvin, yeah. and Josh yeah. Hart, a career high for him, which is absolutely incredible. Shout out to Charles here and Asha are both here. Uh, looks like, Calvin, they are members of the royal family. Asha wants to hear yes. the Island Boys, so let's let's give her the Island Boys. The Kings won, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Kings won, yeah. The Sacramento Kings, oh, yeah, the Kings won, yeah. Fox is so fast. Southern us is so strong, yeah. Coach Mike is so smart, yeah. They we are the playoff, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're the playoff. Sorry, Charles. I I apologize for that. But, hey, uh, shout-out to David here for the Super Chat. David, we appreciate all your support on the channel. Uh, and everybody else, I mean, if you guys would like to support the channel, we do currently have memberships. Uh, you can sign up. There's two different tiers. There's a $1.99 tier, and there's a $9.99 tier per month. Uh, it gives you a cool green name. You get extra uh, emojis, gifts. You get extra contact contact with us and access to other videos uh, so shout out to everybody that is uh, a member and if you'd like to be a member just scroll down below uh, into the description where it says join the royal family you can hit that or you can go to the main page of this channel and hit join so shout out to all my royal family members out there calvin julius randall we were talking about it before it happened yep at the end of the game but it, it was one of it's one of those things, right? Like Julius Randle does so many good things, and then he can take everything that he did great away in one play. Yeah, whether it's getting ejected out of the game when you're when you're up and you're on pace for like forty five points or whatever it was in New York when the Kings played, that actually ended up benefiting them somehow. They they ran away with it in the second half. Um, but at the time we were, you and I were just sitting there like, what is this guy doing, man? Does he not yeah. understand what's happening right now? This is an easy win for them. He's killing it. Yep. The Kings cannot stop him. He's just one of those guys, uh, kind of like a DeMarcus Cousins who that's exactly he, what I said. He will do so many good things for you. And then at the same time, yeah. he'll make you question why you're a fan of his in one, in one I moment. Mean, that was the last game right in New York. He was killing. Did he have like 30 points or yeah. something crazy at halftime? And we're just like, man, Julius Randle's incredible. And then he gets tossed from the game in the third quarter from some just ridiculous play. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why he's been on the trade block for five years. And that's probably the reason why they won that game, because they didn't have yeah. him late in the game to F it up like he did in this game. Uh, Calvin, you know what feels pretty good? Uh LeBron James is, is commenting in the chat right now. And uh, LeBron, you're on timeout. That, that feels pretty good, dude. I just put LeBron on timeout. Dang. I just put LeBron on timeout, How many dude. times have you done that? First Never. time. First, first time. time ever. First time for first. everything, I guess. It feels good, though. It feels really, really good. Gilbert says, that's the same way as Westbrook. Uh, do you agree with that? Is Westbrook similar? Because, I mean, there's a lot of players that are incredible, incredible basketball players that people have talked about in the past, and they say, normally what they say is, like, that guy will never lead a championship team, or that guy will never win a title. Uh, he's too selfish, stuff like that. But I don't even really know how to describe it. Like, boneheaded, and I don't mean that in, like, a negative way, but just the fact that it's, like, you're a great basketball player, but you don't have, like, the mental fortitude to understand what it takes in the crucial moments. Yeah, I mean, some, some guys are great players, but they seem to fade away in the, the big-time clutch moments, right? Um, and, and some guys, like De'Aaron Fox, for example, excel in it, yeah. at least 
this year especially. Um, no, no, no. Not just this year, Calvin. De'Aaron Dude, Fox his is number, excellent in the fourth quarter. His numbers this year are so much better than they've ever been. And they're getting better every year. Uh, yeah, I agree with yeah. you. But, all right, just yeah. just relax you for a second You called him a star here. on the last show. I, he is a star. Exactly. Give him some credit. I am giving him credit. Okay. <laughs> Dang, man. But, yeah, I mean, J- Julius Randle, I guess it is it is a little similar to Westbrook. The only thing I would say about that, and I know Mike would disagree with me if he was here because he calls him the worst MVP of all time. Westbrook wasn't always like that in his career. Uh, this dude, I think people forget exactly how good Russell Westbrook was at one point, um, and he did not do things that completely ruined the game or ruined gave it, gave the game away for his team over and over again. He was the reason that they won so many games in Oklahoma yep. City. Yep. So I, I definitely think that it's changed over time, but – I mean, Julius Randle is, I think it, it just goes to show how important it was for the Knicks to sign Jalen Brunson this, this break, year. Break down the Josh Hart inbound pass, because a lot of people want to blame Josh Hart. Well, and look, I will say this, Josh Hart deserves some blame, because he's the guy that ultimately gets fumbles uh, the ball. But from his vantage point, it, you, if I'm putting myself in his shoes, Julius Randle is making a move towards the backcourt, to get this pass. I forget who they who the Kings defender was on the ball, but he sees that and he takes a couple of steps back and puts himself in a position to where he might not get the it steal. Was Trey Lyles, Trey Lyles yeah. might not get the steal, but Trey Lyles, a guy who's six eight and has a pretty good wingspan, is gonna bother that pass or might even tip it yep. if Julius Randle doesn't keep going back into the backcourt. And that's what Josh Hart thought he was gonna do which is why he was going to launch the ball deep into the backcourt. When he sees Julius Randle stop, that's when he tries to stop the ball from coming out of his hands, and it fumbles. So it's on both of them. It's not one person or the other. That's why Josh Hart was pissed, because Julius Randle, a point guard who knows that situation and knows how to get the ball in those those moments— would have gone deep into the backcourt for that pass. I guarantee it. Absolutely point guarantee point guard it. wasn't available. Yes. Like you mentioned. Yes. And then right after that, we see Julius Randle get an awesome steal on the defensive end, and then another bonehead And then play. he fires it out of bounds. Blowing it out of bounds. <laughs> Trying Absolutely to pass it Barrett. But Man, shout I out. forgot about that play. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Gotham for joining in. Fred is here. Alex is here. Uh, Matthew, I, I want to hear your thoughts on, on you know, I don't even really know how to word this, but I guess just the difference between players that understand the moment and players that the moment's a little too big for. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're talking about the difference between uh, players who are ready for the playoffs and, and players who um, might be frazzled, you know, uh, by the moment. And, and it, uh, for, for those of us who have played at a competitive level, for those of us who have played, you know, uh, and pickup games. Obviously, there's there's a differentiation between you know you know certain moments are going to be uh, worth more you know per minute. And when we're talking about professional athletes who are being paid millions of dollars, who are you know every every millisecond of, of their on court time is being analyzed. You know, that's the pressure that the vast majority of us you know we, we can't we, we can't associate with. Um, and, and so we've got the pleasure of being able to kind of pick apart, um, you know, these players, you know, from our couches. But 
you know, when it comes to, to guys like, you know, De'Aaron Fox, who uh, tend to thrive under the pressure, I also got to tip my, my hat to, to Mike Brown and the way that he coaches because I, I think that there is a strategy within the Kings uh, staff to specifically put Fox in in that moment. You know, one of the conversations or, or, or one of the talking points that I see within, you know, Kings Twitter and, and just kind of Kings fandom is, you know, why don't we get four quarters of fourth quarter Fox, someone who tends to thrive under the pressure and I think the reason is you nobody gets four quarters of fourth quarter all star, and 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 if you do, then you know they're averaging seventy points a game. Uh, and and the fact that the Kings have somebody like De'Aaron Fox who tends to thrive under the pressure, I think the Kings are able to strategize the first half, especially the first three quarters, you know, around Sabonis, uh, around whoever that third person is, be it. Uh, Barnes or Monk, uh, Trey Lyles, whoever, you know, Herder, whoever is really uh, filling that sort of role uh, to carry that team to the first uh, bit of the uh, the bit of the game there, because Fox tends to be that guy who just has the ice in the veins, and and that's a very uh, difficult thing to to quantify, to qualify, you know, in, in a person that this person has the quote X factor, right? But when you look at De'Aaron Fox and, and the way that he carries this team down the stretch, you've got to credit this guy in, in, in the ability to, um, you know, we're looking at a, a, a new award. And maybe you guys can remember the, the name of, of the clutch award that the NBA is introducing this season. But right away, De'Aaron Fox is, 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 is leading the pack in, in, uh, in all of those things that, that are quantified. And so when you look at what makes a, a player uh, someone who can thrive under pressure, I don't know. I think some of that is just inherent. I think some of that is, is skills that, that transcend the basketball court, and that just kind of goes to, you know, uh, the personality of the person as a whole. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, it, it's almost like a been there, done that attitude, right? Is, is the moment's not too big because you've already been there. You've done that. And I think that that's kind of a swagger that Coach Mike Brown carries with him and he tries to instill in his players, and I mean, why not, right? Like, this guy has won Coach of the Year before. This guy has won NBA titles before. He's coached some of the best players of all time, uh, and, and I think that confidence that he has in his players gives them more confidence, and, and I would go back to look at, you know, the young Golden State Warriors team, right, where Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were still trying to figure out exactly who they were in Calvin, who was the coach that instilled the confidence in them? Steve Kerr? No, before Steve Kerr. Luke Walton? No, not Luke <laughs> Walton. <laughs> Mike Brown? Not Mike Brown. Almost um, there. Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. He was there. He told the guys, keep shooting. You're going to be those guys. He believed in them before anybody else did. And I think that Mike Brown is that guy for this Kings team. Is He believes in De'Aaron Fox. He believes in DeMontis Sabonis. And he gives them that confidence to make them greater, to make them better, and give them that be or been there, done that attitude. And and I think it's reflecting in the standings. It's reflecting the fourth quarter play by De'Aaron Fox. And and overall, this, this entire team is kind of getting this swagger so shout out to him you know when they were talking about on, on the broadcast today they were talking about 
the Sabonis trade. And they spent a lot of time talking about who won that trade and maybe both teams won it. And we didn't know Sabonis was going to do this. They talked a little bit about Kevin Herter. But I didn't think they spent enough time talking about the biggest addition of the offseason, and that was bringing in a guy like Mike Brown, who I was extremely high on. Uh, and I know a lot of people were disappointed because they wanted a guy like Mark Jackson. They wanted to say, oh, well, Mark Jackson created the Golden State Warriors dynasty. He could do the same thing for Sacramento. Uh, and, and a lot of people were really disappointed when he was uh, not chosen to be the head coach. But I, I think Mike Brown has, has been an absolute huge, huge addition to this Kings roster and, uh, and helped elevate them to this level. But, hey, I, I dude, I could talk about this stuff all day long, but I want to get back to the game tonight because it was an incredible game to watch and yes the second nationally televised game here uh for the sacramento kings but guys i want to remind you all we're about seven likes away on youtube away from lighting the beam so please please smash up that like button calvin first kings player i want to talk about tonight is keegan murray give me your thoughts on keegan murray tonight I thought Keegan came out very, very locked in. Um, I thought the defensive effort that he put forth was good. You know, he, he didn't shoot as well as we've seen him shoot in the past. Uh, but uh, overall, I, I thought it was a good game from him. Uh, you know, people might say, you know, why isn't he in? I see a comment here. Why isn't he playing in the clutch? He stopped hitting shots, all this stuff. I mean, Mike Brown, as we just talked about, He's got a really good feel for this team, and, and I think he knows who to go with in that closing moment, time in and time out. Uh, Keegan might have played well in, in the stre end of this game, down the stretch, but Trey also was having a great game, and he gives them another guy that's really solid with the ball and is a good decision maker. Keegan is maybe getting that way, yep. but if they're able to, to take him away on the three-point line in a late-game situation – he can kind of get lost in the offense a little bit. Trey Lyles always adds another little wrinkle, whether it's the three-point shot if you leave him open, mm -hmm. it's the drive on the hard closeout to either go go to the cup himself or make a play for somebody else. There's the post-up game. Causing the turnover. Good, good rebounder, causing the turnover. Um, not the best defender, but a, just a really smart decision maker. So I, I think Keegan will eventually be all of those things if he isn't already, but... Um, you know, Mike Brown made the made the right call again down the stretch. So yeah. not a bad game from Keegan, I would say. Just not he didn't shoot as well as we've seen him shoot in the past. Yeah, and it's a constant battle, right, for a guy like Mike Brown where you're easing in players, but you're trying to win basketball games at the same time, right? I think a lot of Kings fans would agree that this team is maybe a little ahead of schedule. I did not expect them to be the second seed in the Western Conference. I mean, your hair didn't expect them to be the second no, it did not. seed in the Western Conference. Uh, so, you know, it, it's a fine balance, and I think spending time in Golden State – Mike Brown saw what happened to James Wiseman, a former number two overall pick that didn't really crack the starting lineup, didn't really get much playing time at all. Now he's playing a little bit better in Detroit where, you know, the expectations aren't as high, the situations aren't as high. So uh, I think it's, it's kind of a balance with Keegan in terms of getting him experience. He is a rookie, but also not setting him up for failure, not letting him make those huge mistakes that could destroy his confidence and, and further in, in, inhibit him uh, from making big plays. Calvin, uh, we hit 50 likes here, so I think it's time to light the beam. Fire the laser. Fire the laser! 
I love it. Look at that purple laser beam into the sky. It is so, so beautiful. Hopefully LeBron can see that from his couch. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, oh, we got De'Aaron Fox here in the chat tonight. Good to see you, Shout De'Aaron. Out. Hope the hamstring is okay. Uh, Matthew, give me your thoughts on Keegan Murray, what you like and what you dislike, uh, what you've seen from him this year, and, and how his progression is where he's at. Yeah, so if there's one thing that we can glean from De'Aaron Fox being the fourth quarter Fox, Keegan Murray, I think, is getting the majority of his, you know, swings from the plate in the first three quarters of the game. Uh, and, and that's something that, from, a, I think, a, a coaching standpoint, that's a good thing for a rookie, being able to uh, to build confidence um, in, in a time of the game where maybe the crunch time isn't as critical. Um, I, I, I think especially in the last three to four weeks, I've noticed that Keegan Murray has been getting more shot attempts in the first 24, 36 minutes of the game. Uh, and, and, and when it gets down into the fourth quarter, obviously you see the hand, uh, you, sh- you see the ball in, in Fox hands more often. Um, and, and honestly, from a development standpoint, I, I do appreciate that, especially where the Kings are at in the standings. The fact that the last, you know, four, four or five, six games have, have been pretty close down the stretch. You really do need the ball. Uh, in in uh, a hand like the Demonis Sabonis or De'Aaron Fox, um, but I do like the fact that the Kings are looking uh, for Keegan Murray uh, in you know mixing up in the bag. You know he, he's competing with with touches uh, with with Kevin Herter, and as Herter has been uh, getting hot in in the last you know two or three weeks. You're, you're ultimately competing uh, with touches for Keegan Murray. And so I do like the fact that he is also putting up an additional effort on the defensive end, uh, as well as uh, looking to rebound, especially if um, uh, Herder is looking for a three. Keegan Murray is, is usually looking for an offensive rebound if that's coming off on the other side of the elbow. And so what I really do like in, in, in Keegan Murray and his development in the last six weeks, as opposed to, um, you know, the, the first half of the season, is, is seeing that additional defensive effort as well as closing out that offensive possession if uh, someone else is ultimately getting that shot on the other side of the court. Yeah, good point. I mean, we're starting to see more and more from Keegan Murray uh, every every single day. Calvin, you have any more thoughts on Keegan Murray? And then I want to dive into what your keys to the game were tonight. No, I, I think Matthew put a good little uh, bow tie on that. We can we can move on. All right. What were your keys to the game tonight? Well, we all know what one was. It was rebounding. <laughs> Could have guessed that one. Here, um, and we all know that the the Kings did not pass that test. They fought hard through the, throughout the course of the game, but giving up twenty three offensive rebounds, I I will not give you a passing grade for that. Um, number one was fast break opportunities. I I felt like playing a team in New York that is generally a slower paced team. It's a lot of isolation, one on one basketball. It can be a bit of a slower grinded out game, which they like good defensive team, you know, you need to get some easy opportunities. They were actually completely flipped here. I think they were outscored 23-7 to by New York on the fast break. But 
they did make up for that with the fact that they forced a bunch of turnovers and converted on those. So you still got some easier looks uh, or good possessions off of the turnovers. So kind of a, a half and half there. And then number three, they did a fantastic job on this one, which was probably uh, maybe other than rebounding the more important uh, key to the game. And that was how they were going to defend Julius Randle. Made him very, very frustrated and kind of flustered early on in the game. And definitely, definitely he struggled, I think, as a result late in the game because of the type of pressure that they put on him early and didn't let him get going with any easy buckets. So one out of three is what they hit yeah, tonight. One, yeah, one out of three. What do you think they were able to do to make up for that, those differences? Well, it was a couple things. Being positive in the three-point category, of course, you know, New York did shot pretty poorly from three. Um, I thought that the Kings just, they, they ran their offense. In the first half, it was DeMontis Sabonis 100% all the way. They looked to go at him inside. Yep. He's so good at neutralizing shot blockers. His, he's obviously not a guy that's going to elevate and dunk over you. Uh, or fade away and, and get good shots off like that. But his ability to go into the body of a bigger guy, ha- pump fake, pivot, whatever it is, um, he's so good at timing his moves so that a player, even if they're completely straight up and down with their arms up, they will have to make a move after that initial contact, and that's when he immediately goes up for the shot. He gets it off every time. It just so good, even against the best shot blockers in this league. Um, and the, the rest of the offense, right, is spread around the perimeter. So he's able to have a lot of those one-on-one opportunities against a big man like this because the Knicks are not the team that are going to send the double there. They're going to rely on Mitchell Robinson. And the Kings took f- full advantage of that matchup early and often. And then in the second half, they uh, ended up sending more double teams at Sabonis that's when he's able to pick apart defenses, find guys, and, of course, Fox to carry them through in the end. So uh, just a perfect example of why the Kings are so hard to defend. Yep. You know, we talked, Matthew talked about how it's great to have Fox, you know, save himself for that late-game situation. When you're having to deal with DeMontis Sabonis, who can hurt you really at all three levels, you have to be worried about his playmaking and his ability to take you off the dribble, take a big man off the dribble, mm-hmm. pivots inside, offensive rebounds, the bang bodies inside type thing. And then all of a sudden you change that to the lightning quick fastest guard in the NBA who can go 0 to 60, cover 94 feet in three seconds. If you've been doing that half-court defense and having to worry about where the ball is going to be on all sides of the court, and then all of a sudden it's a guy who can just completely dismantle a defense in seconds by himself – very hard to change gears like that. They're just an incredibly difficult team to defend. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't have said that better, and those players just complement each other so, so well. I see Nick and Tanvir waiting here. Uh, I definitely want to bring you guys up up on stage soon and hear from you, but I want to finish wrapping up the game tonight. Matthew, what did you see out of Domas tonight? Second straight triple-double. Uh, champion the Kings in the first half of this game, was a little bit in foul trouble, but then able to hand off the keys to Deer and Fox to seal the win. Well, in the pregame, uh, one of the, the color commentators mentioned uh, something about, you know, Demonis Sabonis, one of the best players in the NBA you've never heard of. 
And I think that, you know, he really put up uh, not only the numbers, but the, the, the effort uh, that was clearly visible to anyone watching that that's exactly who he is. Someone who's not flashy, his game isn't sexy. It's just effort up and down the stretch. And that's exactly the kind of guy uh, that the Sacramento Kings need uh, to go into the postseason. Uh, someone who's not uh, garnering a lot of drama. Someone who's not garnering uh, uh, too much attention other than the fact that he's, you know, bringing his lunch pail and his hard hat and he's going to work. I was really honestly impressed. I, I think uh, Domas put in an above average, even for himself, first half. Um, I was a little surprised actually to see the Kings uh, take an approach going directly to Domas in the in the first quarter. It seems the Kings were really in a go to the point, or sorry, go to the paint uh, approach in the first half, and that seemed to throw the Knicks for a loop. Uh, and and they really did make a great adjustment. Credit to the Knicks, uh, they made a great adjustment at the half there. Um, but but Domas, I, I think, put in an an above average even for himself effort um uh, in in the first quarter and in and, and the in and the second quarter as well um and and what i appreciate about him is he knows he's a target to draw fouls he knows that he's um in that top category of uh of foul outs and he knows that not only are referees uh specifically looking for him because of how many touches he gets both uh as a through person but also as a screener uh and he's also a scorer and so he's got a triple threat of opportunities to, to foul and be fouled. Uh, and, and so he's, I, I think tonight, despite the fact, like you said, uh, he, he ran into some foul trouble, uh, but that didn't scare him away from touching the ball. But again, kind of go into that whole strategy that the Kings have been employing tonight, I think was a great example of if you can get Domas two really good quarters without getting into foul trouble and you can hand that off to Fox. Uh, towards the end there, I think it's a strategy that the Kings can employ uh, down the stretch, and hopefully that's not something that's too predictable in the scouting reports that gets picked up in the postseason. Yeah, yeah, hopefully not. It's really hard to hate on a guy like Domas Sabonis. He just has really, uh, you know, I think gotten close to the hearts of many Kings fans with, you know, the way that he plays, obviously the team winning games, uh, but how the guy is, you know, not a distraction off the court. He's so selfless. He helps all everybody improve around him, uh, and, and he's just played in, incredibly well. And it goes back to, to when Calvin and I were in Sacramento uh, during the trade deadline last year. Sabonis gets traded. The team shows up that night uh, and is ready to play the very, very next game. Calvin, do you think there will be a point in time where Kings fans love Domas Sabonis more than Chris Webber? Oh, wow. Um it possibly. I mean, it all depends on how this team handles the postseason, right? Yeah. You know, if they make a run at potentially a, a title, whether it's this year or in the future, um, and Sabonis, you know, gets re-signed and is a big part of, of lots of playoff wins and many winning seasons, just like Weber, you know, there's a, a generation of Kings fans watching who maybe never even saw Chris Weber play. So, yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, yeah, it could definitely be interesting. I love Domas Simonis. I'm really, really happy to have him 
on this basketball team. And uh, it just reminds me, Calvin, you know, seeing the trade talk and all this stuff about what happened and how this was malpracticed by the Sacramento Kings and the NBA should have stepped in. Just goes to show how little these guys, these talking heads, really know about how things work, how things run. Uh, you know, I think Monty made the right move, and, and you know, he he identified the guy and he went for it. Definitely. I, I mean, I, I agree with that statement. I also think when you're in those, when you're on those shows and you're, you know, forced to talk about stuff in the moment when it happens, you have to make uh, some sort of opinion and some sort of statement. And it, it usually yep. can't be a rel- relatively ambiguous one, right? Like you have to take a pretty strong stand one way or the other. Yep. That's how you get the views. That's how you get all the the noteworthy things. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. Um, but I, I also think it's funny. I was talking to a coworker today at work okay. and we were talking about the Kings and he says to me, and I'm quoting directly, have you seen this guy, De'Aaron Fox? He's the next MJ. Oh, wow. And I, I looked at him and I go, wow, man, that's that's amazing. Like, Wow. I don't know if I would go that far, but he's definitely having a great year. How old was this person? He's in his 40s. Okay, so he's seen MJ. He has seen MJ. He also didn't know that Fox, he thought this was Fox's rookie season. He oh, didn't wow. know that. And okay. So my point is a lot of these guys that ha- that make takes – on a team like the Sacramento Kings, I said to this guy at work, I don't blame you, dude, because no one watches the Kings. They're never on TV. Yeah. I, you know, I if you follow the NBA even relatively lightly, you should know that De'Aaron Fox has played in the NBA for a little while, I would think. Yeah. But if you don't, then all of a sudden you see them one time and you're like, holy shit, this guy is amazing. Where did he come from? All this stuff. So I, I just going back to making takes so quickly in the moment on things like trades and will it work? Will it won't? If you really haven't seen much of what happens and if you don't even know what the rest of the team is going to look like around the guy at that point, which they brought up multiple times. It's like, man, I can't believe that the Kings were all in on building around Sabonis and it worked. Well, you had no idea what they were going to put around him. You didn't know Mike Brown was going to be the coach. You didn't know they were going to get all these shooters. You didn't know it was going to make the Aaron Fox an all-star like it's so early to make a claim like that that a lot of times you shouldn't really take it seriously anyway. Yeah, very true. And and I think that I heard a lot of the same things when the Warriors traded Monte Ellis yeah. for Andrew Bogut, and he basically secured the first championship with them, changing the culture on that roster. But, hey, saying things in the moment is always tough. I say a bunch of stupid shit on this show all the time uh, because I'm emotional. I'm in the middle of the moment, and I have to take a stand on things sometimes. Uh, so I definitely feel you there. I, I was talking Can I to jump you. in on that? Yes, please do. Oh, yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we have yeah, to tell yeah. Gotham where to get a membership. Absolutely. I'll be short. Um, so uh, to, to that point, you know, I'll, I'll just ask you, you know, who do you think is more naturally recognized, De'Aaron Fox or Trey Young? Oh, definitely Trey Young. Who who would you rather have on your team right now for the fit uh, for someone who's trying to make a stretch of the playoffs? De'Aaron Fox or Trey Young? Definitely De'Aaron Fox. And is that the fact that Trey Young has had more publicity and opportunity to have national cameras and and and, and more recognition because of the position that they're in as a franchise, or is it purely the effort of an individual? Why I would rather have them. 
Sorry, why do you think more people would recognize Trey Young over the Aaron Fox? It's a couple of things. Atlanta's a bigger market. They've played in the playoffs with him, and Trey Young shoots 40-footers that go in sometimes, which is really sexy, right? Like, that makes the highlight reels all the time. De'Aaron Fox doesn't do that. I'm not saying that breaking somebody's ankles and throwing a monster dunk down isn't a highlight reel, but a lot of times De'Aaron just lays it up, right? He makes the smart play. It's not as... uh, it's not as clickbait or, or catchy. Yeah. Yeah. And also they they pushed hard, dude, on advertising Trey Young when he was in college. Like all he had so many commercials. That's another all, good point. De'Aaron stuff. Fox didn't have the huge, you know, forty point games in college. Yeah. Either. Well, wasn't didn't he lead the nation in assists and and points? Trey Young? Trey Young. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they've been talking about him for a long time. But great point, Matthew. I, I'm taking Deer and Fox 10 times out of 10 there. Uh, and I think a lot of people agree with me, but maybe they wouldn't have thought that last season or, or the year before that because uh, things have definitely, definitely changed, changed a lot here. Um, but what I was saying, kind of on your point, I was at work today. I had four people sitting down at my bar. And I'm like, where are you guys from? And they're like, oh, we're from Sacramento. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And they're like, well, outside Sacramento. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And so I, I started asking them, like, are you guys Kings fans? And two of them were like, ah, oh, yeah. And the other two were like, yeah, we're Kings fans. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Have you gone to any games this year? And they're like, no. And I'm like, what do you think about uh, Deer and Fox? He's playing incredibly well, huh? And they're like, yeah, he's doing all right. And I was like, I was like telling them all the stats. I told them about that overtime game against the Clippers. I was like, we're number two in, in the Western Conference. I mean, the Kings should be paying me, Calvin, because by the end of this conversation, all four of them were like, we're going to go to a Kings game when we get home. I didn't realize the Kings <laughs> were playing so good. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look up in yeah. the sky. Do you see that purple? Then they're going to look the at how much tickets are and they're going to be like, oh, man, maybe we won't. Right. right. <laughs> won't go I'm like, look game. up in the sky. You see that purple beam up there? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the Kings winning basketball games. And you're going to see it over and over and over again. So uh, I think that, that goes to show kind of what you were saying, right? People that don't always pay attention, but also just how genius of a marketing tactic that is to where yeah. you need a way to get some of these fans that will say, I mean, dude, I got to give them credit. I asked them, are you Kings fans? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're Kings fans. And they didn't even know the Kings were good. <laughs> So they're still kind of loyal to their fan base, uh, but they needed to find a way to engage a lot of these people that have been out of the loop for so long because, of course, it's painful watching your team lose over and over and over again. Uh, But, I mean, I got to give a shout-out to the marketing team for the Sacramento Kings. The beam, the beam's pretty lit. What do you think, Matthew? Well, I think the beam is one of the smartest things that the marketing team has put together because, Listen, if you're talking about putting a bat signal out there that, like, hey, <laughs> put it out there, we back up, like, the beam is, is literally the way. I mean, what a brilliant way to, to signal to the entire greater Sacramento area that, like, like hey, w- what is this purple laser in the sky? Like, is this something from the Sacramento International Airport? Like, you know, what is this thing about? It's literally a, a, a perfect time for the Kings franchise to put the bat signal out there to say, hey, we're back. Like, you know, we're, we're something to be reckoned with. And, and, and you mentioned earlier the, the, the trade for Domas and, um, and, and for anyone who was following the Kings in the late nineties, early two thousands, it's easy for us to forget that, you know, getting Chris Weber, there was, there was some animosity over that, Definitely. you know, getting Jason Williams, there was 
or, or, or trading Jason Williams for Mike Bibby. There was yeah. there was there was animosity over that, and 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 those were trades that ultimately made the Kings way better. And so, at, at you know, in order to make the Kings uh, the the run that we all remember from the '90s, early 2000s, there was some you know there was some some animosity in order to to get there. And I think this this time is no different. And so for for the beam to be a part of it to literally send the bat signal out to... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. To everyone who can see it, that like, hey, we're we're back. It's 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 time to pay attention. Yeah, I, I love it, man. It's 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 both as kitschy and and stupid and silly as it is awesome. And I'm so here <laughs> for it. I'm so here for it. Oh yeah, have you picked up a light to beam shirt yet, Matthew? Not yet. I I need to. Can you show? Yeah, show that up, Calvin. We uh, show everyone at home the light to beam shirt. Yeah, dude, you got to get one of these. And I'm going to give you a little secret here, Matthew. Mondays, we do Merch Mondays, 15% off all merch at RoyalRebounds.com using the coupon code MERCHMONDAY. If you want to pick up a Light the Beam shirt, put a reminder on your phone right now for Monday. Um, but, hey. It's done. It's, it's in the phone right now. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, shout out to the Beam. I can't wait to see it in real life. Calvin and I were only able to go the first game, uh, which was a loss to the Portland Trailblazers. So I uh, can't okay. wait the, to see the, the beam. playoff beam will be even brighter and even stronger. Yes. And, uh, and more fun. Yes, it will. Uh, Alfie, man, have you been following me around? Because, yes, those people were from Elk Grove. I don't know how you know that. <laughs> and shout out to Gotham here for joining yes, sir. the royal family. I mean, he was always a part of the royal family, but now everybody else knows. Now he is official. Yeah. He's, he's so official, all he needs is a whistle. All Calvin. he needs is a whistle. All he needs is a whistle. All right. Probably do a lot better than those NBA refs, too. Yeah, yeah, very true. Back to the game tonight. So we talked about Keegan. We talked about Sabonis. Uh, let's talk about Harrison Barnes real quick. 38 minutes of action, 10 points, 3 re- rebounds, an assist, a steal. Not a real flashy game tonight. Missed all three nope. of his three-point attempts. Uh, he, he'd been playing pretty well offensively uh, the past month, maybe two or three weeks. Um, but, you know, not a, an exceptional game is in terms of what the box score shows for Harrison Barnes tonight. But w- what did you think he brought out there on the court? Well, just like we talk a lot about Davion and how the box score doesn't always show how good he was and what he brought to the game and how much impact he had on winning. 
Harrison Barnes had a really tough matchup defensively tonight with Julius Randle, and he did a great, great job on him from the beginning yep. to the end. He was the guy on him when Julius Randle tried to break him down off the dribble at the end of the game, ends up kicking the ball uh, right to Julius. Sacramento. Not that Harrison Barnes' defense was overly good on that particular play, but it was just the culmination or the cherry on top of the game that he had guarding Randall, yep. who is a difficult, difficult matchup for somebody of Barnes' size, especially in the post. But the Kings did a great job of giving Barnes help, and he also had some really, really good one-on-one -on -one possession defense against Randall. That took up the most of his job priorities for this game tonight. Of course, you would have loved for him to hit all three of the threes, but in the end, they didn't need him to score. They just needed the defensive effort, the solid defensive effort that he gave them. Yep, yep. Shout out to Fred Dixon. Have a good night, Fred. Gothin, have a good night. Thank you guys so much for joining in. Hopefully, we'll see you all on Saturday uh, for postgame after uh, the Phoenix Suns. I want to cruise through a couple more things here. Um, Kevin Herter. 6-12 from the field, 14 points, uh, three rebounds, two assists, two steals. Uh, Kevin's been playing much better after kind of getting out of that shooting slump. I mean, two for seven from three-point range. Not exactly what we want to see from him, uh, but one of those threes was, was really important late in the game. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Herter. Still shooting over 50% in the month of March yeah. from three. Yeah. So he's definitely trending upward. I love me some Kevin Herter, and, and I think there's a lot of things. Yes, he does get targeted on defense, stuff like that. I mean, we saw him causing some turnovers tonight. He's very active with his hands. He jumps in passing lanes, uh, gets deflections, stuff like that. He tries, which I think is one of the most important things. Um, but, you know, give me your thoughts on Kevin Hurt. Well, I mean, yeah, we've been critical of Kevin's defense. But when we're critical, it's of his on-ball, one-on-one defense. And also critical of the fact that sometimes he just gets put in bad positions defensively because he's guarding somebody that he shouldn't be that they could switch him off of it in my personal opinion I'm going to trust what Mike Brown and Jordy Fernandez do down the stretch but I think that in some of those situations they could switch him off to another defender uh, you know from possession to possession however all that said he is really good at helping on defense Yep. He plays passing lanes very well. He's always getting his hands on deflections on balls. And today he was one of the main guys that they doubled Randall with uh, when Barnes was guarding him in the high post. He's really good at recovering. He, he does get beat sometimes, but he's really good at recovering out to the three-point line. And he's got long arms, so he's able to stay in the passing lanes a lot and cause a lot of deflections or get some steals. So he was really, really good on that tonight. I thought his help defense, doubling Randall, was also really good from the wing position. Mm -hmm. Overall, I think he played a very good game. Yeah, shout-out to Ryan for just joining in here, and also King Edward, shout-out to you. Uh, I think a lot of people, they they fail to, to see that it's not always what Kevin Herter is doing at a certain time in the game, but it's just having him out there. Having great shooters makes the game easier for other players. Definitely. Even when those shooters aren't making shots. I mean, you could see a huge difference, and I hate to, be, to keep knocking on a guy like Ben Simmons, but I'm just using him in this example. Calvin, don't hate me. You put a guy out there like Ben Simmons, you put a guy out there like Russell Westbrook, and the defense just sags off of the guy. It clogs the lane. It makes it yep. so much harder on other players. Versus you put a guy like Kevin Herter out there, they have to guard him, dude. 
They have to guard him at the three-point line. So even if he's not making shots, even if he doesn't have the ball, Calvin, he makes it easier for a lot of other players on the court. And I think that's something that's really, really understated and something that a lot of people, maybe not that they don't understand, but they don't, they don't really realize how important a guy like that, a shooter like that can be to just space the floor and allow Domas to get triple doubles because he can hit uh, a rolling Kevin Herter in the corner for a three. He can work inside. He can create lanes for Deer and Fox. So uh, I think that we talked about the acquisition of Mike Brown this offseason. You know, they want to talk about the trade for Sabonis, but bringing in a guy like Kevin Herter was absolutely huge, huge for this basketball basketball team and not only just the things he does for himself. Definitely. And I think that's a a perfect example of what we were talking about earlier with how they built this team around Fox and Sabonis after the Sabonis trade, right? It's not just Kevin Herter. They have to guard Keegan Murray. They have to guard Harrison Barnes. They have to guard Malik Monk. They have to guard Trey Lyles out there too. Even Davion is not a guy that you just leave wide open even though some people might think you can. Yeah, yeah not a Ben Simmons open. Not a Ben Simmons wide open. <laughs> it's it's everybody that they've put around these two guys. They complement each other so well. It, it's not just the three-point shot. It's the two-man game, running those dribble handoffs, Sabonis rolling or, or rim running. Um, Monk and Herder have been really, really good at finding him. That's a really tough thing to defend as well because of those guys' ability to drive, to shoot, and to pass. Yep. It's a total team combination at this point. Yeah, and as Afghan says here in the chat, Malik Monk can shoot them too. Absolutely. Trey Lyles can shoot them too. Absolutely. They're knocking down shots and making things a lot easier. Terrence Davis. And that, the the these, list goes on. Yep, some of these other players. Uh, Matthew, I want to hear from you. Uh, what's your favorite Kevin Herter nickname? Oh, boy. Well, I mean, Kevin Herter nickname. I mean, there, there's, there's, there's Red Velvet, which I think is, you know, the, the one that we've you know, all become accustomed to. I, I can't think of, you know, what other, what other nicknames are we talking about here? You know, do, doing what, what, what else are, are you know, give, give me, give me four and, and we will, who wants to be a millionaire and, and I will pick the best one. <laughs> well, Barry has started to introduce the Red Ranger. He likes the Red, Red Ranger. Ranger. I like the I Red like Ranger. That. There's Kayvon. Kayvon. I heard uh, Elizabeth was pushing, um, I believe it was Ron Threesley. <laughs> yeah, Ron Threesley. That's, a, Listen, that's pretty funny. Very, it, very it, uh, unique. Original, and then early on in the, in the season, we were calling him James Ham Jr. James Ham Jr. I see that 100%. I, I boost that all the way. Well, okay. So, so first of all, macro comma here. I think it's it's worth saying for everyone watching uh, on YouTube, everyone listening on Twitter, uh, to to both of you, but especially you, Calvin. I, I really appreciate how you're a student of the game and you really extrapolate so much of the you know the kind of inside jargon stuff and it really communicate that to to a broad audience. So you, both of you guys, but especially you, Calvin, you do a great job of doing that, and I, I appreciate your comments of what you're saying about Kevin Herter earlier. Uh, as, as really doing a good job on the health defense. I think uh, using the Red Ranger is, is a great nickname for when he is on his defensive game uh, because he's stepping in there and he's sharp shooting those, those passing lanes, uh, especially tonight. I think that his, his D uh, was above average. Are you guys 
are you guys seeing it differently than I am? Or am I just kind of looking at this with purple tinted glasses? I feel like Kevin's uh, defense has really improved over the last even half dozen games, uh, specifically off the health defense, specifically inside the passing lane. Are you guys seeing uh, the same thing I am? Or am I just kind of inserting my own uh, dogma in there? Uh, I mean, I, I think that his hand is feeling a little bit better. Uh, I noticed right around the All-Star break and maybe after the All-Star break, he seemed to be in so much pain with that right hand. And I don't know if that affected uh, you know, him maybe trying to get in some of those passing lanes, stick his hand out there to stop a ball that's being rocketed across the court. Uh, but I agree with you. I, I've seen some improvements. What do you think, Calvin? I, I've seen that all year long from him. I think that it's matchup dependent. He struggles a lot when they play teams that have a ton of wings who put pressure on defenses because they can shoot and drive yeah, and make Anthony plays. Edwards. Like yeah. like the T-Wolves, for example. Uh, the Grizzlies are a really good example of that because a lot of times he ends up on somebody like Desmond Bain. Um, the Thunder have hurt them over and over again in that situation. Jalen Williams, they got a ton of wings out there. The Knicks are a better matchup for that reason because while Quentin Grimes is a good young player, pretty good shooter as we saw tonight and can still put the ball on the floor, they run so much offense through other guys and they don't move without the ball as much as some of these other teams do. So that allows, I think, Kevin Herter to really capitalize on those off-ball moments where he can cheat a little bit more, he can help a little bit more, he can double um, and not have to worry as much about the recovery and getting beat or having to play as much one-on-one defense against a, a really top elite wing. Yeah. I, I want to I get to some of these nicknames we see here in the chat. There's some good ones, man. There are some, good some ones. really, really good ones. You want to read your favorites? Uh, I think my two favorites that stand out right now. Oh, I like that one, too. This is hard. You can read them all. Well, first of all, Ryan, the big hurt, I'm sorry, is taken. Frank Thomas has been the big hurt for decades. It's easy. It's easy. Just send a text. Um, so I, I don't think we can give that one out, even though it is good. Sacramento's Most Wanted, Alfie Man, fantastic. Red Hot Chili Herder, I haven't heard that one before. I like okay. that as well. Like Red that. Dead Revolver is a phenomenal one. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Yeah, that's a great one. Is that Ryan? Yeah. Dude, Ryan's. Ryan's killing it. Yes. Official nickname suggester, I think, of the channel. Yeah. What about Red Alert? I like Red Alert. Code Red? Code Red, maybe? There's so many. Like the Mountain There's so Dew. many. Code Red? I, Red Dead Revolver, I think, might be... It's growing on me very quickly. Red I like Dead Revolver. One. I like that one a lot. What do you, what do you think, Matthew? I like big, big, big red, you know, like I said in the comments, I mean, I used to eat, uh, you know, a, a whole pack of big red on, on, uh, on road trips with my, with my family. We used to, you know, just pass around the pack of big red. And by the time I got to meet, it was all gone. You uh, the problem with that is hundred percent, hundred percent, you know, Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura, three quarters of a pack of big red, good road trip. Um, what is that but, uh, nights? yeah. I think so, right? If you don't, if you don't uh, like big red, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. That's right, hundred uh, percent. Gentlemen, I, I do have to sign off. Oh, I do have to sign off here, and, and there's watching. lots of people who are behind me, so I'll, I'll let them come in behind me. So thank you guys for come. Uh, let me come on. Uh, it was a lot of fun for me.
Dude, Matthew, thank, thank you. you so much. We appreciate you. You're awesome. Thank you guys so much. Cheers. Glad to be me, y'all. Glad, to, uh, glad that you're back. Hopefully, thank we'll see you again on Saturday. Yeah, come join us again thank soon. Thank you, Cal. All right. Thank you, Barry. All right. Bye, guys. All right. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Bill says, no imagination on my handle. Hey, it, we don't all have it. We don't all have it, Bill. That's true. I'm not a nickname guy at all. I can't, yeah. I'm, well, you're I a nickname can't. guy. You're just not a nickname creator guy. I'm, yeah, I'm not a nickname creator guy. Uh, see, I'm not even good at it either. <laughs> no, you're good at it. You got plenty of And shout out to Nicole, by the way. Thank you. That, that means a lot. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Nicole. We appreciate it. And, hey, we want everyone to succeed on this channel. That's why yes. we have, uh, if you look in the description of this video, we have links to every single Sacramento Kings YouTube channel because we want to provide you guys the most value possible. And uh, every single person deserves to watch as much Kings coverage as they want because we've been forgotten for way, way too long. That's uh, right. Soak it up. Bill says Bill like the is Maui his Sunshine. nickname. Yeah, William. Bill. Yeah. That's interesting. I have a friend named Bobby, and his birth certificate not says Ricky Bobby, Bobby. Oh, yeah. Not Rob or Ricky Bobby or Robert. Yeah, weird. Because at first I, I wanted to call him uh, Bobbert, but then he's like, "No, my name is Bobby," and I'm like, "Let me see your birth certificate." Sure enough, Bobby. Hey, is that ghetto? Is that ghetto? I yeah. Why would that be ghetto? Like, okay, like imagine Bill's birth certificate said Bill. That makes you ghetto? If well, your name says on your birth certificate what it is? No. <laughs> like, not the official name. I don't I don't think that makes you ghetto. But Maybe ghetto is not the right word. Yeah. I don't know what I'm looking for. Somebody help. Yeah. Trailer park. Oh, okay. There yeah, you go. That's what I meant. Yeah, like trailer park boys. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. What were we talking about again? I have no idea. Okay. Um, pants. I wanna, we beat the pants off the pants. Yeah. I definitely want to hear uh, from Nick here and also from Tanvir. But real quick, Calvin, anything else you wanted to say about De'Aaron Fox? We didn't really talk about him too much. We did at the beginning of the show tonight. Uh, but give me your thoughts on De'Aaron Fox if you have any more. I mean, I can't stop praising this guy. I yeah. could talk about him for an hour. Yeah, I agree. Just like Sabonis, it's almost impossible to say anything else good about him. Those two vicious dunks in this game today were amazing to watch. He just he just is so fun to watch once he really gets going, once he really lets it loose. Um, the, the handles are so tight. I don't know how any – you know, they made this comment today that Josh Hart – just has a, a it's a really difficult matchup for him because he's a, a guard or he's a forward and he can't stay with a, some a point guard like De'Aaron yeah. Fox. Most point guards can't stay with De'Aaron Fox, so I don't. It's not a Josh Hart problem. It's just a person problem. Like there's nobody that can stay with that guy. He is that good, and and he's totally um, at, at this point in his career, this point in the season. I think he is so confident in his ability that there's just no stopping him at this point. Dude, I can't get over Red Dead Revolver. Yeah, it's a great That's one. great. I mean, it's. are you sure that nickname's not taken already? Well, it's the name of a video game. I thought it was Red Dead Redemption. I think there's Red Dead Revolver also, isn't there? 
Oh, I don't know. I was or thinking maybe, maybe maybe I'm thinking of Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. I, I thought know. maybe Ja tried to take that nickname already. <laughs> oh, oh too soon, too soon. <laughs> All right, let's hear from Tanvir. What's up, Tanvir? How are you, oh, buddy? Oh wow, Calvin, that's a Calvin Barry. What's one. up, my guy? How's it going, man? Bro, can you uh can you get a little bit closer to your microphone? I can't hear you too well, Tanvir. Can you hear me now? That's much better. Yes. How we doing tonight, bro? Feeling great. great. Feeling great, dude. Second second in the West? I mean, oh, yeah. I, I'm feeling it's only gonna incredible, get better, bro. Dude. The Pelicans were second better. in the West, and then they fumbled the bag. Oh, yeah. Zion Williamson just eating gumbo at sidelines, bro. <laughs> You're going in and out, bro. Uh, uh, I said um, Zion out there eating uh, gumbo out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Too much gumbo. Uh, yes, Too much yes. gumbo for Zion. But, uh, Tanvir, I mean, give me your thoughts on the game tonight, bro. Hey, man. The game was amazing. Got to give your hats off to the Knicks, man. Got all them rebounds. That was kind of frustrating. Shout out to Josh Hart. He played, he played well also, man. Got to give your hats off to him too, man. For real, that those rebounds, especially that one possession, was so so frustrating. Where Calvin, you counted five. I think it rebounds? was five. Yeah, that was that was so so frustrating. I felt like I was watching Kings basketball from last year, or the year before that, in yeah. that one possession. Then I was like, okay, deep breath. I, like, <laughs> I looked at the standings. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling a little bit better, but we need to win this effing game, dude. It looked like a Harlem Hell Globetrotter yeah. possession against the Washington Generals, where you're just like, okay, this is kind of old now. You can just uh, score. Already. I can hear the music now. Oh, that is absolutely ridiculous. Um, Tanvir. What's your favorite Kevin Herter nickname? Hey, man, that uh, Red Dead Revolver, man, that sounds just right, man. That's fire, that right? Yeah, I think that, that one is the winner. That different, man. That is different. I it like it. sounds good. Rolling Red off the dead good, revolver. Man. Just like the ball looks good rolling off his hands. Red yeah. Dead Revolver. Bang. Oh, yeah. Bang. Yeah. I'm going to Google bang, bang. this. Is this a video game, Calvin? Oh, dude, they already answered our question. What? Thank you, uh, Afghanistan Baby Oh Yeah. Red Dead Revolver was the OG on Xbox, or sorry, on PS2, mm. and one of them was the OG on PS2. I'm not sure, but yes, it w- it was a game. Whoa, this See, guy! There you go. Yeah, Red the Dead guy Revolver. on the cover kind of looks like Kevin Herter. No, he doesn't. I know, dude. I was trying to get them all to look <laughs> it up, dude. Jeez, ruined it. Oh, ruined it. Tanvir. Yo. I'm kind of on a nickname kick right now. Hey, man. Do your thing, man. I mean, do you have a favorite nickname uh, on the Kings? Not really. I like all the nicknames, man. Whenever people come up with it, pretty, 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 pretty cool, man. Oh, man. That was your chance to go with Saboner, dude. And dude, you are, you, are you running right now, Tanvir? I like that, but it's all right. Are you running right now? What's that? Are you running? No, no, I'm not running. I keep hearing your phone making all sorts of crazy noises, and you keep getting like oh, it's just windy out here, bro. Are you, are you working? Work. Are you at I'm work right I'm now? Working out here. Yeah, so he's, he's working hard, man. He's working hard, yeah. dude. You try not to get busted. Yep. <laughs> okay, I see it. Yep. Well, dude, we appreciate you as always 
for joining in on the show, man. You are one of our very, very first, first viewers, and we'll always cherish that. But give me your thoughts on Saturday's game against the Suns, and then we'll get you out of here before you get in trouble. It's all good. Uh, so, for that game against Phoenix Suns, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. They still have Devin Booker. Even though KD rolled his ankle and is now out to give us a little better chance, I believe we'll win that game. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. Dude, that ankle rolling video by KD is, is crazy, dude. <laughs> like, it, it looks so painful. Yeah. It did not look fun. 100%. It's bad, dude. If I'm a Phoenix fan, I'm like, wait, wait, this is the guy that's supposed to win it all for us? He can't I, even practice. I can just see the video edits now of that that video of him from the Warriors coming out of the tunnel where he's, like, doing the, the dance and he's crossing his legs up oh all crazy. Gosh. Oh, yeah. Right before he, he went out and officially tore his Achilles. Yeah. I thought... I honestly thought that KD's most fragile part of his body was his ego, but I found out it was his ankle. <laughs> it's his ankle, bro. It's his ankle. You can't that's, stay, you can't stay that's wild. That's wild. All right, Tanvir. Appreciate you, buddy. We'll see you on Saturday. Hell yeah. All right. I'm bringing up Nick next, Calvin. And while I do that, Nick, Nick, Nick I'm Nick. muting on Twitter spaces, so he can't hear us right now. What do you think the first word he says is? The first word? Yeah. Or the first sentence? First word that he says. First word is I. Hey, can you help me write a rebound? Well, apparently it was hey. Yeah, but. we can hear you, Nick. <laughs> how are you doing today? Ah, I didn't have how I'm doing, on the bingo I'm doing card. fantastic, Nick. Um, Fire I had, a, laser. I had a great day hanging on a rooftop. It was nice and sunny. Uh, it was about 70, what was it, 77 today or something like that? It was a beautiful day, and I know it sounds cheap for us to say that in Maui, yeah. but we've had some pretty bad weather over the past couple of weeks. Dude, so. I watched a sailboat sink today right in front of me. That's something you don't see every day. Yeah, it was pretty incredible to watch. I was, like, pointing yeah, it out that, to everybody. I'm like, look at that sailboat over there. There, there, there it goes. The seas are still a little rough. And it was just here. slowly going down, and then now all you can see is the mast yeah. hanging up. Lots of Coronas being dra- drank, but no calm Oh, God. Yeah. We got, some, we got some rain, so, you know, hey, fire the laser. Fire the laser. Oh, wrong one. Fire the laser! You Who can see that purple fire the laser? That, that purple beam is lit. Oh, dude, it's Inside so lit. Your studio. I wish I was that lit, Nick. Hey, are you beaming right now? Oh, I'm beaming. Beaming, beaming. I'm so beaming. Oh, dude, right. what about Red October? Yeah, he did have a very good October also. Yeah. He did play very well. Nick, We're gonna that's have tough to... because we want him to be good all months of the year. Nick, what's and your, yes, uh, that was what's the your favorite movie? nickname for a Sacramento Kings player? <laughs> I and don't no. say pizza guy. Oh, oh, oh. Round table. Oh, oh, we just went straight into favorite pizza. No, Nick. Who? who what's your favorite <laughs> Kings player nickname? Is that a better way to put it? <laughs> oh boy. 
Um, hmm. I think it's got to be. Uh, boy. You throw some out there for him, Calvin. Uh, we ball. got Bill says swipe of the fox, of course, classic. Um, there's the ox. There's mm. the black falcon. Mm. There's any of the. 4,500 ones that we've mm. just suggested for Kevin Herter, like Red Dead Revolver. Thregan. Thregan Murray. <laughs> probably Night. Oh, oh Pro- White Chocolate. I mean, if we're going probably, back in the day, too, yeah, that's a pretty good one. Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes was the, a good one. Swipe of the Fox. Swipe of the Fox? Okay. I'll give you that one. That, that, that's a pretty good nickname. Malik Monk, God of Dunk. I can, don't know if I've heard that one before. Can that's you pretty good. use somebody's name in their nickname sure why like not swipe of the fox and his name is fox yeah that's loud yeah okay i would just i don't know the nickname rules i was just checking i don't see why not uh, i'll be uh, who's alfie man who is mount sack i've never heard that one before either is that like alex Lynn or somebody <laughs> <laughs> you don't see why not you don't see why not win why not win on saturday why, Why not? not like the beam? Nick, let's talk about pizza for a little bit. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I feel like, oh, <laughs> top, top bunk, bunk Malik. Malik. Bunk. Dude, I like that one. <laughs> That's a good one, too. Man. I like you that guys one are a incredible. lot. But she so used his whole name and the nickname. So what? That's it's loud. great. I okay. love it. I guess that's love. I love it. Anyways, Nick. So was, was Fox in the chat tonight? Yep. He was here. Yeah, he's always on your chat. Yeah, you know who else was in the chat tonight? Who? LeBron James. Really? Yeah, I put him on timeout. Yeah, he was pretty upset. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but, Nick, back back to pizza, because I, I know you love it. But um, I'm a little disappointed in you, man. I mean, you came on the show on Monday, and you're like, oh, my doctor said this and that. And, you know, you made us feel really bad. Uh, and then now you're just, like, eating pizza again. And it's like, dude, we canceled the pizza-eating contest based on our conversation on Monday, and now you're back on the wagon? <laughs> or off the wa- which, Is off it the off wagon? the wagon or on the wagon? <laughs> Are you on the wagon or off the wagon, Nick? Uh, I, think, I think I'll be on the wagon. I think I'll be on the, on the wagon. Okay. So the the pizza eating contest is back on, is what back you're on. Yes. Oh, all right. We need more cowbell for that, man. Nick, Nick solved it all in two days. That's way too loud. Holy hey, shit! Hey, fire the laser. We need the light. The purple beam is lit right now. And the Kings are going to Phoenix on Saturday, and we need to we need to win on Saturday, and we play. Milwaukee on Monday. That's going to be hard to beat Milwaukee. It's going to be a tough. Yeah, that's a big game. Nick, give me you your. Those are both big games. Give me your prediction for for Saturday's game against the against the Suns, and then I want to go to Ty because I haven't got to talk to Ty for a little while. Uh, one, uh, one. Um, Red Panda. Uh, gosh. Um, hey, Ty. What do you think? Isn't that taken already? Yeah, Red Panda is the greatest halftime show of all time. I have, you know, I, um, oh, boy. Um, oh, come on, Nick. You got this, man. 
Kelvin, do I have this? You got it. One uh one fourteen ninety nine, right? Yeah, I think that should be right. There you go. Okay. You're just gonna give him the answer on the test? giving it away yeah that's, i mean that's right that's what he usually that's, goes I agree. With. well it used to be 140 to 99 but it's, for some reason it's come way down recently okay. yeah the thing it depends on how much pizza he's had if he's probably on his pizza higher he's like probably. 140 <laughs> points you know i get it i feel the same that's way true only uh, one pizza tonight right nick yeah just one just one Man, you got some work to do to get 102 for that contest. One slice yeah. or one whole pizza? Yeah, are you going to come to, uh, okay, well, are you going to come to the playoffs? Oh, yeah, we're going to be there. Yeah. Were, weren't you at the game at the Portland game? Yeah. Yes, we were at that game. Uh, You guys were at Gordon Wilson at the Portland. Did you guys stay in the hotel? Yes, we did. Did we stay Wait, in the hotel? Did we? I don't even remember. I don't think I so. Read, I could have seen you, you guys. guys didn't, I did. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we stayed. stayed we stayed at my parents' house. Yeah, yeah. I stayed at a hotel for the first night, and then I stayed at my yes. mom's house the next couple nights. Wait, you two are brothers? Yes. Yes. Hey, you. I. You got. You should have got. You guys should have got me pizza that day. You are supposed to get us pizza. I thought. Thought that was the deal. Oh. So, at your parents live in Sacramento? I see what he's doing here, Calvin. He's, he's like, deflecting. oh, yeah, he's deflecting. That's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm supposed to buy you pizza? I'm going to change the subject. Oh, yeah, how could we forget about Red Mom? He, he, knows, he knows these techniques. You see how he's like, I'm going to make it about them. And then he just is like, oh, what about your parents? I'm on to you, Nick. Yeah. Or should I say, Slamson? Now he's all quiet. All right, Nick. Yeah. So you're buying us pizza in next month, right? Yeah. Yes? There you go. We've got 42 witnesses. Okay. Or 41, I guess. All right, Nick. Well, I'm going to go over to Ty. You got any uh, any last words? Well, I'm going to say sleep beams. Sleep beams. Sleep beams. He's been waiting to say that. All right, Nick. Love you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Ty is in the MFing building. Damn, Ty, I haven't talked to you for a while, man. How are you feeling? Well, good, guys. Yeah, fun <laughs> um, I've been good. How are y'all? Good, man. Doing good, man. Doing great. Good to talk to you. I was wondering sure, if I was going to see you or if we were going to see you uh, make an appearance after that Pelicans game. Oh, uh, no. I did. Something happened that day between me and someone, and then it completely killed my mood, so I just didn't watch the game whatsoever. And it was the right decision because we ended up getting our ass kicked. So probably, <laughs> probably for the best. Oh, there you go. They responded <laughs> nicely against Dallas, best. though. What was that? Sorry. I said they responded nicely against Dallas. Well, I wanted to lose that game, ironically, because oh, really? of um, when I when I saw Ingram get hurt, I said it during the halftime space. I was like, now that Ingram's hurt, I want CJ McCollum to fake an injury and let's just tank. 
the Lakers aren't going to make the playoffs. We aren't going to make the playoffs. We have two chances because of the pick swap to go get what, a top five pick. We then flip that pick, and then some of our young guys go get a third star. Simple as that. But nope, these that's fair. These these people want to win. They they want to win when we're not supposed to win. It make it make sense. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. The Kings have been trying to win for sixteen years. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, the fact that we don't know how to not try to win or the fact that we've been trying to win this whole time. I think it's a mixture of both, I'm not going to lie. No, but but um, for real time, how are you feeling about the Kings, man? It's it's been a while since we talked, um, and the Kings have been playing pretty well. Uh, I look at everything through my purple glasses, right? I think the Kings are the greatest team to ever touch the court. Uh, obviously, that's not true. Uh, bring me back down to reality, but make it sound good. No <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, no pressure at all. all right. Um, y'all have been good. It's practically the same thing. Nothing's changed. And um, so I don't know if you guys know what a community is on Twitter. It's kind of like, I don't know how to really explain it, but this thing called a community, right? And someone tweeted, it doesn't matter what you do, the Kings are just simply going to outscore you. And that's very funny because that's what it generally feels like. Is you can throw a counter, you throw another counter, you throw another counter, and all of a sudden the Kings just come in waves, free, the Aaron Fox mid-range, you know what I mean? And one, and then it's like you caught a deficit. Let's say they're down by 15, so like five all of a sudden they're back up by 18. It's ridiculous on how easily the Kings can score. With, I don't mean this in a disrespect. It's not the most talented roster in the NBA. It's not even close. But because of how good Mike Brown has coached them and he has the right personnel, it's really worked. And someone who I've been really getting behind lately is Trey Lyles. Uh, I guess I kind of plan... Chimezi Metsu sucks, I'm sorry. He fucking stinks. <laughs> and I don't think he should play anymore, generally. Um, Trey Lyles should just be the backup five for the rest of the season. He plays better in that role. It provides more spacing. He does what Shemezi Metsu does better, which make, doesn't make sense because they're different players. But it just works better. And, um, yeah, I'm very intrigued. I'm sorry, not intrigued. I'm very interested to see how they do in the playoff series, though, because it doesn't matter how fast your team is. It's proven over and over again. Once it comes playoff time, that game slows down. Look at Phoenix. Like, seven seconds or less. Yes, they had Mike D'Antoni. They had one of the greatest playmakers of all time. Guess what? That game still slowed down because that's just the way the playoffs work. So I think that's just my input and where I'm at with the Kings at this point is just how will they work in the playoffs. Because you guys are going to make it. It doesn't matter if you lose every game for now. I think you would still make it, right? Uh, I don't want to jinx them. Um, but I, I agree with happen. you. But I, I think that was a great point that you made, right? Is the fact that the Kings don't have the best re- or roster on paper, um, yet they're still able to compete and win a lot of these games. Lee Adams brings up here in the chat: the Kings are seven and one since the break. King, can the Kings get to fifty wins? When the break happened, when the trade deadline happened, and the Kings didn't make a big move. Everybody, not everybody, a lot of Kings fans were really negative, and they were like, oh, all these other teams got better. We didn't. 
what's going on? We shouldn't have made a move. I even saw people saying, fire Monty. The guy got his new contract and just let it slide. And I, I was tweeting. <laughs> I mean, you could look at the receipts. I said, I expect the Kings to win a bunch of games here because they're one of the teams that has the best chemistry in the NBA, and they didn't mess with that. Wow. Phoenix got better by adding in KD. They don't have chemistry. KD's not even available right now. Uh, and same goes for a lot of the other teams, too. Yes, the health has been on the side of the Sacramento Kings, uh, but I, I think you nailed it, right? They don't have the best roster on paper, but the coaching and the chemistry has really helped elevate this roster. No, yeah. And, like, at first, I wasn't all for Mike Brown as coach of the year. Uh, and I didn't really have a particular reasoning. I just, like, it didn't sound right. This is, like, very early in the season, like 20 games in. But I don't think there is anyone who has a stronger case than Mike Brown. He literally flipped the team from being respectfully a poverty-ass franchise to now one of the funnest. No, let me reiterate. The funnest team to watch in the league. Like, there might be more talented players. Yeah, you, you go to Phoenix, you can watch... You know what I mean? Four of the best players just light you up from mid-range, but they don't really move the ball that much. You can watch Luca and Kyrie cross everyone up, but they don't move the ball much. You can get literally a bit of everything when you watch the Sacramento Kings outside of defense. They don't do that whatsoever. If you want defense, go watch someone else. <laughs> yeah, definitely no secret there. Yeah, the funny thing is, like, you know, all of us in the Kings community have just felt like the ESPNs, the NBAs of the world have just hated this Kings and, and not like the Kings, right? Because small market teams winning is not good for the NBA. Um, but you look at the way the game has evolved over the past 10 or 15 years, the NBA wants high-scoring games. They want exciting, high-scoring basketball games that are fun to watch. And guess what? The Kings are the highest-scoring team in the league. They're the funnest team to watch in the league. We saw the second nationally televised game of the year tonight. The Kings are 2-0 and in those games. Calvin mentioned they're 4-0 and in overtime games this season. I mean, what else do the Kings have to do to get some love here, Ty? Well, okay. Well, let me simply put it like this. Is we kind of went for a similar thing last year in the sense where Obviously, we weren't winning nowhere near as much games as you guys, right? But we were starting to really win. We were starting to turn around like how you guys have turned it around. We didn't get that respect until once the playoffs actually happened. No one respected Brandon Ingram. Uh, they hated him the C.J. McCollum trade literally from the jump. They said it was a waste of C.J. McCollum's career. And then as soon as we actually made the playoffs, they're like, this team has a lot of like a bright future. You know what I mean? Zion comes back. And I feel like that's kind of similar with Sacramento is they wouldn't get their respect until they actually play in the playoffs. It's, just, it's unfortunate, but it's just the truth. Like, if De'Aaron Fox goes off, he's going to go from no one really talks about him to now being one of the most talked about players in the entire NBA very quickly. That's just the way it works. Uh, because people are so... They're casual. Let's just keep it a box. They're just casual. So they don't really watch regular season games like that. They're like... Why would I watch Sacramento because of the stigma of the Kings, right? But when they're when they're forced to watch it because what? There's eight games to watch in the playoffs. They're gonna watch back on wait, De'Aaron Fox he's actually good at this thing called basketball, you know? 
No, absolutely. I agree. I don't know if how long you've been listening for, but Barry and I were both talking about uh, interactions we had with people today who stumbled across the Kings or, you know, had just started watching them recently and said a lot of those things that you just said. Like I, I talked to a guy at work today who literally told me that De'Aaron Fox is the next MJ. Obviously not true or, or an exaggeration. We, we can all agree on that. But I think it just speaks to your point of like, if you don't watch this team, you just go off of the stereotype of, well, the Kings haven't made the playoffs in 16 years. They suck. They're terrible. Um, this is all a fluke. And now if you actually watch them play, your mind definitely sees that or you see things and your mind is going to have some different thoughts, different opinions on them. But I, I agree with you completely. They won't get respect from everyone until they win in the playoffs. It, the, narr- the narrative has changed over the course of the season. In the preseason, it was, well, the Kings are still garbage. It's just the preseason. Then the first 20 games, it was, uh, the Kings aren't really that good. They're going to fold down the stretch. There's so many teams that are better than them. Trade deadline, it was, well, everybody else went and got better. The Kings did nothing. They're going to fade away into the, the darkness. Now it's, oh, well, the Kings can't win in the playoffs because they haven't done it in 16 years. There, there's always going to be that extra thing that somebody can throw out there because it's the Kings and they haven't been in the postseason. So it, it won't ha- it won't actually change until we get there. But the good news is it probably will change once they play a, a couple of playoff games. Um, I want to ask you real quickly, How obviously losing Kevin Durant is a big deal. Um, do you think that the Suns still have a chance if KD doesn't play for the rest of the regular season to overtake Sacramento for the Pacific Division crown? And how do you see this game playing out on Saturday? Ty, that's you. Oh, he's out of here. Uh-oh. Okay. He got, he got mad. I'm going to bring Dylan up. Hear from him real quick, and then I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns. We had a great question here in the chat um, by Callum, a member of the Royal Family. You wanna you wanna cover that, Cal? Is De'Aaron Fox a better player than Baron Davis? Is that the yep. question you're yep. asking about? That is uh, that's a very interesting one. Um, Baron Davis was a really really tremendous player. I think Fox has the potential to be a better potential to be a better defender overall than Barron. Um, but Barron was a much better outside shooter. Still a, a crazy freak athlete getting to the rim. That That's a good question. Uh, I'm not really sure at this point. I forgot how good of a player Barron Davis is. I, I'm looking over his stats here. I remember, I mean, he was incredible to watch with the Golden State Warriors. Then you had the years before that with the Clippers. Uh, unfortunate how his career ended. And um, and just like Fox, Barron played on a lot of pretty poor teams throughout yep. the course of his career. So even Very though true. he was a fantastic player, he probably didn't get a lot of the recognition that he deserved, just like Fox maybe did early in his career for the, you know, the last like two to three years. Yep. How even though he was improving his game, the team still wasn't winning games. And so it was this notion of, well, he, you know, he's not that good. He can't lead a team all this stuff. Um, I think Baron Davis gets a lot of that as well. And Baron Davis played for a long time too. Yeah. So yeah. Fox a still has a long way to go to match that. I think De'Aaron Fox 
physically has the potential to be a much better player than Bear Davis, Physic- physically-wise. But, hey, I, I want to say what's up here to Dylan real quick, and then we got to talk about the clip, or sorry, the Suns game on Saturday, and then we're going to wrap up the show. So, Dylan, what is up? Hey, what's up, man? I've been doing all right. What have you been up to? Just watching some Kings wins, man. Yeah, I was watching the game tonight. Honestly, I liked what I saw. Even though for me, I did need the, the Knicks to win, but I think both teams played really well this game. I think Josh Hart really well was playing in the fourth. I think that was what made the difference at the end. But the Kings did wake up and not let the Knicks win the game. Yeah, I mean, the Kings have definitely been that fourth-quarter team. Uh, I mean, the Clutch Award, we talked about that. De'Aaron Fox has been one of the most clutch players in the NBA. Uh, so they were definitely able to kind of seal it there at the win. We talk, or at the end, we talk about, you know, how this team is great in pressure situations. They're 4-0 in overtime games. They're 2-0 in nationally televised games. Uh, they got, what, what was the offensive and defensive ratings, Calvin, of the team in the, in the fourth quarter? Um, well, offense, they've got to be one or two. But defensively, I think they were seventh or eighth yeah. in defensive um, rating, and they were second in the NBA in net differential. Yeah, so they they, they really play exceptionally well at the end of the game. But, uh, Dylan, I know you're a Clippers fan. I just want to ask you real quick, you know, what were your thoughts on that double overtime game, 175-176? Uh, unfortunately for you, the Clippers lost, but it was a, a hell of a game to watch. Hey, so I was actually at that game, and I was very lucky to say that I got $13 tickets in the very first row of the 200 section. So I was really happy to beat that game. Unfortunately, turnovers really killed us and clutch offense, which I think both of those have been a huge problem all year. I think we didn't really play defense that game as well. But I just think... The Clippers need to start taking the clutch a bit more seriously. And, like, it, it, it can really come to bite us back in the playoffs if we don't start moving the ball more as well. Because we rely too much on jump shots, and even Paul George said that last night. But as of for the Kings game, I think they did really well. They took advantage of our turnovers. They, they took advantage of the shots that we missed in our bad possessions. I think that's ultimately why the Kings came out of victory over us. And that's how we blew three leads. Yeah, it was a hell of a game, man. I'm jealous that you were at that game. Yeah, seriously, you were at a part of history. Yeah, definitely a huge moment in history. Hey, Dylan, we appreciate you for joining us tonight. We're about to wrap up the show. Can I get some final closing thoughts from you on the Phoenix Suns, the acquisition of Kevin Durant, the current injury, and where you think they're at in the Western Conference? Yeah, for me, I was in a Twitter space while the KD trade went down, and we were all going crazy. But as of the, my thoughts on the KD trade, I don't know what's up with KD. He always needs a super team, and it's been showing his whole career. So I think if KD wins the title, it's really not going to mean much for him. But I will be happy for Chris Paul. But I think even though KD's out, the Suns are going to have to – they're going to need Devin Booker to step up. Chris Paul is to play well again. So if KD could like quickly ramp it up and get back in shape for the playoffs, I think the Suns could are probably the favorites to win it all. And they would they would have been my pick if KD didn't get injured, but now I have the Nuggets winning it all. How do you feel, Kyle? 
Yeah, I mean, def- I would say definitely don't sleep on the Nuggets, even with KD. Uh, I think that they're definitely ready to to challenge for the NBA crown. Even Phoenix, a- you mean? Yeah. Okay. No, no, Denver. Oh, okay. Don't sleep on Denver? Don't sleep on Denver. Oh, even yeah. with KD even being Even with in KD being in Phoenix. Okay. I-, I think Denver is that good. Um, obviously, Kevin, a healthy Kevin Durant makes the Phoenix Suns title contenders. They're, that's not going to surprise anybody but um it's going to be interesting to see how they if he really is out for the remainder or the majority of the rest of the regular season you know the Suns are still a very capable team but now they don't have Kevin Durant and they traded away Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson so it'll be interesting to see how they finish Devin Booker DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul are still a very good trio to have but it's a tough wild wild western conference yep right now so have a good night lee thank you for joining in uh calvin do you think we'll see kevin durant on the denver nuggets next year <laughs> it, only if they win the title they have only, to win right only if they win the title oh man well hey dylan we appreciate you for joining us via twitter spaces uh hopefully we'll see you again soon yeah i'll see you soon thanks dylan all right thanks, lights a beam appreciate you Okay, Calvin, let's wrap up the show Gotta tonight. Got to get a beam dig in there, the Clippers fans. <laughs> let's wrap up the show tonight talking about the game on Saturday. It's a big game. It's a it big is. game, Calvin. It is. Uh, and I, I think, I mean, as a Kings fan, are, are you disappointed that we're not going to see KD playing for the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, I am a little bit. Shout out to our good buddy Kyle Tadeucci, who's going to be at the game. I was texting him just a couple of days ago and he was telling me he lives in the Phoenix area. He's going to be at the game on Saturday, big Kings fan. And uh, I was like, man, I'm really jealous. Obviously it's a big game for both teams. And I've never seen Kevin Durant play literally that day or later that day he goes out and, and screws his ankle up and now he's out. So I, I would say it's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know Kyle is happy that the Kings have a better chance of winning yeah. that basketball Oh, yeah, game. for sure. So we all are. But I don't think he's any point disappointed about that. But if you're going to be there live, I mean, you know, how many opportunities do you really get to see True. some of the, you know, the two or three greatest players in yep. the world? You know a player that I got to see play in real life? Kevin Durant. Oh, I did. But I'm going to say Kawhi Leonard, probably one of the hardest players to see play in real life because you never <laughs> no, know true. if that MF is going to play or not, <laughs> dude. It's probably true. a 50 50 chance. You buy tickets to the game, 50 50, whether he plays or not. So uh, I got that one too to cross off on my list. The funniest thing for me, and I don't like to poke fun at injuries, uh, except when it happens to Kevin Durant and it's uh, going to help my Kings team, uh, but they labeled it a slip and fall during practice which or during warm-ups which warm-ups. i thought was absolutely hilarious because when i heard that i think of friday right where he's like you know how much you get for a slip and fall in the store oh man that was absolutely hilarious calvin give me your keys to the game for the kings and did you take into account kd not being available for these keys I did not take into account KD being unavailable when I wrote these. I think it still works, though. Number one is going to be grease the court during warm-ups, so we take out the rest of them, Devin Booker and DeAndre and mess their ankles up, too. Um, maybe we could get Mike or Kyle, who's going to be at the game, to do it. Yeah. You know, they can glue themselves to the floor afterwards yeah. in protest. Or you can glue yourself to KD's ankle. <laughs> or you could do that, too. Or Chris Paul's hamstring, maybe. 
Um, no, but seriously, number one is going to be bench scoring. Uh, I think that the Kings, when you play a team like Phoenix, who's probably one of the handful of teams out there that can actually keep pace in a in a shootout, a scoring ga- high scoring game with the Kings, you're going to need the bench production. You're going to need this uh, second half of the season wave that we've seen Trey Lyles to keep stepping up big, Malik Monk to have another big game or big half like he had tonight. Yep. Uh, anybody else that you can find, Terrence Davis, Davion Mitchell, they're going to need all they can get from the second unit, especially when you think about the fact that, like you mentioned, Phoenix has lost a lot of depth since that Kevin Durant trade. Now Durant is going to be out, so that loses even more depth. Big opportunity for the Kings bench and to take advantage They trade away Jay Crowder too, right? They bought him out, I think, and then he signed with Milwaukee, but same thing. He didn't play so a game for them the entire year. Yeah, but they didn't get anything in return is what I'm I don't believe they did. I okay. could be wrong about Sucks that. Sucks for them. Um, <clears throat> number two is live by the three, man. Just like tonight's game, I thought it was going to be hard for the Kings to score inside. The Knicks are a very good team at defending the paint. Uh, they got a, a lot of size. The Suns are seventh in the NBA in paint points allowed. So I think Red Dead Revolver, Keegan Murray, Thregan. Thregan Murray. Um, Harrison Barnes, Trey Lyles, those guys are going to have to stay hot from the outside uh, when it comes to being able to put up points on this team. And number three is get to the foul line. Phoenix is 25th in the NBA in opponent free throw attempts, so the Kings need to be aggressive. De'Aaron Fox in the fourth quarter getting to the foul line. Uh, Sabonis early on getting to the free throw line. This feels like uh, a game where you're going to need all of those extra opportunities, kind of like how we were just talking about a team that can keep pace scoring with them. If you get the extra attempts at the free throw line, if you get some second chance points, if you get some turnovers that lead to fast break points, uh, those extra scoring opportunities are, are might end up deciding this game. Yeah, yeah, all great, important keys to the game. Uh, the, looks like the Kings have what two games left against Phoenix uh, to end the year. Last time they played Phoenix was on what was that Tuesday, the fourteenth Valentine's Day. They lost one twenty, one oh nine. They beat no. Where am I missing here? Phoenix. They only played them three times. I thought they – oh, oh, they lost both times. They lost back in November 28th as well. So these next two are going to be really important for seeding potentially uh, if Phoenix does go on a run here and ties Sacramento head-to-head record as the first tiebreaker. So uh, the Kings do need to win these next two games to tie up this series and Calvin and – uh, both of these games could be potentially without KD. So good news for definitely the Sacramento helps. Kings. Definitely helps. Uh, you want to give me a prediction on this game? This It's a tough one to predict. It's a road game. The Kings have been playing so well as of late, um, but Phoenix has played very, very well lately too. Devin Booker's been on an absolute tear. I realize that it definitely helps when you have one of the greatest scorers on, of all time on the other side of the court with you, yeah. but... Um, I, I'm going to say that the Kings are able to grind this one out. I, I think that they are, are just really, really connected right now. The offense is playing at, a, at an efficient level. They have been all season long, but it might be the best that it's been at any point this year right now when you take into account everybody. Keegan Murray getting better. 
Uh, Red Dead Revolver coming back. Fourth quarter Fox. You just had to throw that in Of there, course huh? I did. Triple-double Sabonis has been on a tear as well. So I think it'll be a close game, but I, I'll say the Kings win 121-117. to Ooh, a close one. Close game. Close game. All right, guys, that pretty much wraps up the show tonight. I want to thank everybody for watching. Uh, thank Elizabeth and Joseph, uh, Tanvir. We had Dylan, Ty, uh, a lot of wonderful people. Bench Matthew was here. Appreciate you all for joining in via Twitter Spaces. Uh, Ryan, Alfie Man, Callum, uh, Nicole, a lot of awesome people here in the chat. Nick, Lee, Sass, great to see you all. Hopefully you guys have a wonderful evening. Dre Lyon is here as well. Uh, please don't forget to smash up that like button. Brian, pick up a light to beam shirt on worldrebounds.com. Merch Monday is the code on Monday for 15% off of all your favorite gear. But thank you guys so much for watching. Have a wonderful night. Calvin, two plus hours tonight for us. Yeah, we put in work just this, like the Kings This did. is overtime. Seriously. Overtime. Anyways, thank you guys so, so much. We will see you all on Saturday. In the meantime, go Kings. Fire the laser! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.